going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. I am your co-host today, Kevin, here with a very special guest. You know him, you love him, you love his work. I would like to welcome back author, horror author, R. Jacob Honeybrook to the show for a very special episode of Midnight Terrors. Roy, what's up, brother? Hey, what's going on, Kevin? Thanks for having me back on, man. Yeah, man, I am excited. That that metal part that I did with the falsetto, that was uh <laughs> that is how the show's gonna start. So Midnight Terrors <laughs> Min, I was like thinking about that or maybe an Axel Rose thing. <laughs> like Are we talking high axel rose or low <laughs> axel rose? Midnight terrors. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's up, buddy? It is it is so good to have you back. I'm amazed that they would even let us podcast together again after the reanimator episode. <laughs> <laughs> we we somehow all didn't get canceled all at once. I'm impressed. No, dude. We somehow survived that that uh insane episode that was gargantuan in, in length. Uh, that's what she said, but uh, <laughs> um, but that shit was so much fun, man. Dude, it really was. It was great hanging with you guys, meeting Zach. Um, we've been talking ever since. Like, did we just become best friends? Um, <laughs> as long I, uh, as one of you doesn't put your ball sack on the other's drunk kid, I think you're uh, okay. <laughs> I can't guarantee that won't happen. Okay. But, uh, we'll, we'll Zach, see. hide your drums, brother. <laughs> But yeah, man, that was a blast of an episode. I remember uh, my brother was home that that week and I was like, hey, I'm going to record this episode. And I come out, he's in bed, the lights are off. I'm looking at the clock. It's like one in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> boy, we went a little long, didn't we? Yeah, we did, man. But it was it was so much fun. It ended up being like a, it's under the banner of Reanimator, but it ended up being like a three-part episode. Like the first it part did. was H.P. Uh, Lovecraft Horror. The second part was the movie, and then the last hour was horror writing and just talking about the horror community, and uh, wow. it was it was fun, man. It was, and I got to be honest, I drank like two cups of coffee and a big thing of water during it, and uh, <laughs> at one point I turned my camera off because I didn't want to interrupt the flow and say, I have to go pee, but, <laughs> but I went and I took the biggest piss <laughs> whenever whenever Zach was, was talking about something. I was just like, man, I want to hear what he has to say, but I think my kidneys are giving out. <laughs> hey at least you know how to do that whereas jason doesn't that's true yes he would piss right on camera <laughs> he would mike and all mike and all he we've 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 experienced it firsthand <laughs> i remember but, uh, hearing about it <laughs> yep check out the santa sleigh episode for that one our first time meeting reviewed to death and jason does that <laughs> what a way but, to make uh, a first impression Hi, yeah, I'm jason. No, it, here's me it, kissing yeah it works somehow man we're still we're still friends with those guys to this day yeah. Some of our best friends, I might add, along with you and Roy, or you and Roy, yeah, and Roy, you and Zach. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you. Sometimes it feels like two or three different personalities going on. In well, here you now. you do have two personalities. You have Roy, and you have R. Jacob Honeybrook. Right, and I'm never sure which one's the real one. Well, I can't wait to see which one I get on the show tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Roy, it's good to have you back, man. We so this this episode that we're doing tonight was based off a couple of things or a few things actually um one <clears throat> again going back to the reanimator episode that episode was so much fun where it was kind of a free-for-all um with the topic but it was more like we could explore different elements of what we were talking about um we jason and i ended up doing that again on the video game episode that we just put out uh, about a week ago which you had messaged me about saying that that was an episode that you really enjoyed, which we thank you for that. We appreciate you for listening. 
Yeah, man. And, uh, Absolutely. We, uh, you and I got to talking and I was like, yeah, man, we should do some more like discussion episodes. And then this topic got kicked around um, because I said I wanted to have you on for one of them. So it's October, man. We're going to talk about some metal albums that we recommend for October because we've made it known on the show. You and I are both big metal fans, um, you know, lifelong metal heads, uh, metal horns in every photo that I do. You know how it goes. <laughs> And uh, we figured, you know, let's talk about some albums in the metal genre that we recommend uh, for the people this October. So uh, I'm excited, man. And uh, so we'll just jump on in. And I want to start where you suggested we start, which is giving our background on how we got into metal music. So let's start with you, man. What's what's your backstory with the metal genre? Yeah. And uh, before we do that, I just, I just want to say, like, this is kind of a public format of what you and I discuss pretty much every day. Like, we're always sending what? each other band recommendations, talking about different things in metal. So, yeah, we could we could have uh, just released our text messages as uh, <laughs> as the podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the way I got into this stuff as as early as I remember, it was probably the mid to late 90s my older brother would always get me into cool things and some of the earliest ones i remember were marilyn manson rob zombie um from there it kind of grew into corn limp biscuit when the new metal scene was out all those guys from there i discovered slipknot system of down disturbed those guys on my own and then um man i just keep i just kept running with that but you know i always still like I was big into pop punk. I was big into rap at the time, you know, Eminem, Dr. Dre, like Snoop Dogg. Those were the OGs back in our day. Um, (laughs) And then when the floodgates really opened was probably in like 2003, 2004. I met a group of guys in junior high who are still some of my best friends to this day. And they were like, well, if you like corn and slipknot, you're going to love European melodic death metal. <laughs> and, <laughs> and man, they, they introduced me to children of Bodom in flames, like power metal bands, like dragon force and egg yep. guy. <laughs> and it's just been nonstop ever since I did go through a period where I was a super metal neck bearded ponytail to lead us. <laughs> and I was like, if it's not a guy screaming in a Norwegian forest cave, I don't want to hear it. But then after I got out of that, I was like, you know what? Music's okay if it's recorded with a microphone and not recorded into a headphone or a stone or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's so what cool. about you, man? Where uh, where you get where you get all this shit at? Oh boy, this is a this is a big can of worms. But I I appreciate. I've actually never asked you how you got into metal, so I'm I was excited hmm. to hear that story. Yeah, um, pretty much. My older brother is the uh, the genesis of that. There we go, man. You can blame yeah. him. Yeah, right. Thank you, older brother. <laughs> uh, my backstory with metal is uh, kind of a, an interesting one. Um, no, I don't really have people in my immediate family that are metal fans. Um, or at least at the time of getting into metal, I didn't. Um, because nowadays I'll go to metal shows with my mom uh, and uh, she'll, you know, she'll rock out like nobody's business when we go see like ice nine kills or motionless and white <laughs> or black veil brides and all that stuff. Um, like we saw the Trinity of terror tour just last year. Um, and she had the time of her life. She had broken toes on a concert floor at the house of blues and was still going for it. <laughs> like Dude, it was she's great. more of a badass than we are. Right. 
<laughs> I hope I'm that cool uh, as I get older. <laughs> but um, my backstory with metal was when I was getting into when I was growing up with music, my sisters um, and my family were like all over the place with music. My dad was always like a country guy. Mom was always the classic rock um, or, you know, even bands like, you know, Fleetwood Mac, like singer songwriter type stuff. My sister Heather was the pop punk girl. Um, and my sister Megan was like the singer songwriter country, like Michelle branch type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so no, no real metal influence in there. Uh, and I mostly was in, into pop punk for the longest time. You know, like the band that made me want to do music was Green Day. But right around the time that Green Day's American Idiot came out, this was back when there was video on demand and you could watch free music videos all the time. Yeah, and I would I spend hours doing that. And I found this music video for a band that I had heard of but had never listened to. And it was Before I Forget from Slipknot. Mm, and okay. then that was the first cd i ever owned was volume three the subliminal verses by slipknot that's a good one can i and jump in with the story yeah man do it up so the first metal album i tried to buy was slipknot's iowa because i'd seen yes. the video for um left behind on trl and i was like holy oh, shit such a good video <laughs> yeah. and before that my buddy had shown me uh the I, I forget which one it is but it's the slipknot video of them doing the shining Oh, uh, it's off it out. first out. Yes. And yep. um, so I'd known Slipknot. And then when I saw the video for Left Behind, I was like, I need to get this album. Yep. <laughs> and I tried to get it, but the damn thing had a parental advisory sticker <laughs> on it. My mom's like, no, nope, you got to put that back. So I ended up walking out with Lincoln Park Hybrid Theory. So, I mean, it was a win-win. Not, a, like, not a bad turnaround, man. Not a bad turnaround. Because uh, what, what a classic record. And, you know, metal in its own right as well. Um, yeah. But isn't that, isn't that funny to think about, though, that there used to be times when you couldn't get a hold of certain music because of <laughs> parental advisory stickers? Yeah, right. And then I would just go to my buddy and I'd be like, hey, can you burn this for me? And he'd be like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yep. I will never so. forget um, picking up like so I was with my grandma. I was visiting her in Ohio. This was like oh four, uh, oh five, right around when Subliminal Verses came out. And I walked around um, a Kroger up there <laughs> in Dayton, Ohio. And, That's where I get um, my groceries. Yeah, right. Um, and then we went to maybe a Best Buy or something. Like we were out at the grocery store, and then we went to like a Best Buy for something. And she was like, "Oh, go look in the CDs," because this was '04, so like it was still like right before the boom of the iPods and stuff like that. So it was like still the Walkmans. <laughs> and um, yeah. So she goes, go, oh, go grab a CD, see if there's anything you want there. And I found Subliminal Verses and I saw that it had Before I Forget on it. And I had watched, listened to that song over and over and over <laughs> again. Um, I had also watched their live video for their song, The Nameless from Subliminal Verses, um, which still to this day, I think might be my favorite Slipknot song. <laughs> like, it's nice. such a good, such a good song. And I grabbed it and it was the deluxe edition of Subliminal Verses. And I handed it to her and they had all their masks on it from that era. And she mm -hmm. goes, <laughs> and then she's like, okay. And she bought me the Slipknot album. Oh, that's a badass. Way to go, yeah. Grandma. <clears throat> right? Love you, Grandma. Um, so that was my gateway into it. But I kind of rode the line of like the more radio rock metal for the longest time. Um, so like uh, Slipknot, uh, Disturbed, 
who I mean, who else would you consider like radio rock? Like Slipknot is kind of straddling the line, but you know, yeah, I mean, back then you had guys like System of Down still doing stuff. Yep, yep. Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think back then. <laughs> yeah, all, all the new metal bands. Right. I mean, I probably like Avenged Sevenfold was on the radio, Bolt for My Valentine. Yep, they were getting there. I also got into some of the like early 2000s, late 90s kind of new metal-ish stuff. Like I really loved Power Man 5000 yeah oh man they're classic worlds collide <laughs> yep <laughs> playing smackdown versus raw and okay, now exactly that's exactly when worlds collide <laughs> you knew where i was going with that one yep. man um but... you know side side note if you want to hear one of the best like compilations of metal songs the dracula 2000 soundtrack has such good stuff on it really yeah <laughs> check it out <laughs> i will read the track list later as we go on like it All is right. amazing um i was just talking to somebody the other day about new metal and it's so cool that each one of these bands brought their own sound to it you know corn brought that funk element limp biscuit mm -hmm. brought that rap rock element slipknot those guys came from death metal and grindcore bands and brought that sound into it disturbed did their own thing system of down was doing their own thing yep lincoln park was bringing in like electronics and (laughs) hip-hop elements like it was it was like all under one genre but so varied between each band. They all had their own unique sound. And I think that's just one of the coolest things about it. Oh yeah. And I actually just am flipping back to a memory um, of probably one of my earliest intros to even what metal was back when I was, uh, you know, under 10 years old. I remember as a kid, one of my favorite movies was Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, of course. (laughs) I know where you're going. You know where I'm going with this. That scene where he goes, Hey, maybe I'll give you a call sometime. Your number's still nine one one. All righty then. He does the the like the flick and and then he pushes the door open and then dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and it is Hammer Smash Face from Cannibal Corpse. I must have rewound that scene so many times, <laughs> like being like, "This is scary," and I kind of love it. <laughs> like, right? Like, what is this stuff? It sounds like a monster. Yeah, right. I don't even think I heard the vocals in there. I was like, I hear growl, but I'm like, are they actually saying anything? <laughs> like, uh, and then just Ace Ventura's little like dance that he does yes. to Cannibal. I still do that when Hammer Smash Face comes on. <laughs> do that in the mosh pit. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, so that was probably my like first time like seeing what metal was, was like mm. way back in the day. Um, but it really wasn't you know until what- like, Oh, go ahead, buddy. You know what's weird about that is, you know, <clears throat> I was born in the late 80s. So yeah. I'll hear hair metal songs even to this day that like have this weird nostalgic effect on me, even though I was only like one, <laughs> two, three, four, or whatever. Right. And it's just like I must have heard them on the radio when I was super young because I'll hear like the just the most random hair metal song. I don't <clears throat> love hair metal. I listen to a ton of it. Oh, me too. But every, <laughs> but every now and then I'll hear one. I'm just like, man, this takes me back. I'm like, wait a second. I was like three when this song came <laughs> yeah. out. But it must be. Well, I mean, it's crazy because they say when people get Alzheimer's, you can play them music and it'll actually like bring back memories because they'll remember a time in their life. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's where it's coming from, that part of the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting how that works too. like to this day, like when I find a metal band that sounds like something 
from like my high school days or my college days, it does bring about that nostalgia feel because it's like, okay, I didn't know this band back then and they probably weren't even a band yet, but this sounds like what I would listen to at that time. Um, Dude, that just happened to me over the weekend. <laughs> I um, I was at my first Ohio concert. Um, this shows you how music brings people together. I work mm-hmm. private security and we just started um a job at this new warehouse and there was this dude he looked like a total metalhead and i hear him talking about his band and i'm just like yo what kind of music you play he's like metal i'm like oh shit (laughs) he's like we have a show this saturday you should come out to it i'm like i don't know anybody in ohio so i'm gonna come out to this metal show sick and the headliner was this pop punk band i mean it was all just local bands i'd never heard of them Mm-hmm. But the way they were playing and the way they sounded, dude, it took me back to like prime 2002, <laughs> yeah. 2003. It's just, right. it's crazy what it can do. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's something I wish that I had gotten more into like in high school was the local shows mm-hmm. um, because that was always like a community and in a ways to this day still is, but not quite in the way that it used to be. Yeah. Um, But yeah, local, local shows, man, those, those were where magic happened. You get, a band together and you play in someone's backyard for a birthday party or something <laughs> like uh i can remember going i was at my house and my fr- my neighbors down the street were having a birthday party and they were like you should come over we got this metal band that's playing like in the back by the pool Damn. <laughs> so, and they were like a hardcore band so it's uh it's crazy like how different things are but how nostalgic that feel is mm-hmm. but when I got to like junior year in high school, someone introduced me to a little band that I still love to this day. And I do want to preface before we go farther into the conversation. We do acknowledge that there are many, 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 many subgenres of metal. And I understand. Yeah. And I understand that many people might say that some bands that we might mention aren't metal. This is just our opinions. You can relax. We don't need metalhead gatekeepers here to tell us that we're wrong. Uh, actually that band is not metal they are hard (laughs) rock mixed with progressive country influences they are they are emo hardcore (laughs) with (laughs) With... a bit of post-hardcore screamo (laughs) yep there we go now that we got that out of the way uh but an early band of mine that was close to the metal genre was a day to remember uh i saw or i had a friend at the time introduce me to their song heartless which was you know a little more on the hardcore hardcore side of things um but then from there i listened to like their cover of since you've been gone where they introduced screams to the kelly clarkson song (laughs) and then you know records like homesick um so like that that 20 that late 2000s 2010s like hardcore metalcore scene was like my my stomping grounds um and then at a certain point i remember going to an old record store that we don't have anymore that was called cat's music and like anytime i got money i was buying a cd um (laughs) and way late into the game i remember in 2010 i got my hands on um shit what the hell is the name of that record called oh this is gonna drive me insane now hold on day to remember no this is more on the metalcore side do you know the band? Frail Words Collapse by Azalea Dying. Ah, there you go. Yep, their first record. I remember getting my hands on that. That blew that blew me away. Deep Blue by Parkway Drive. Um, mm. Of Mice and Men, self-titled. Uh, 
yeah man that metalcore scene was was something else back then see for me i came a little bit before you uh <laughs> giggity um <laughs> mine was was really that um european melodic death scene so uh, man mine was probably like children of bodom follow the reaper mm-hmm. um their hate crew death roll album i remember getting that as a new release <laughs> uh, in flames their Clayman album uh come clarity my introduction to in flames is so dated and i stand by it <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> on you on youtube do you remember when they used to do like metal versions of viral videos oh yeah <laughs> there was that video on youtube called david goes to the dentist yes which which was a kid who was hopped up on drugs after dental work and his dad's like sit down david and the kid just stands up and goes <laughs> and someone put <laughs> behind space 99 from in flames in the video when he does the screen so it's like i will have to find that video it is the funniest thing ever but that's how i found in flames and then years later i see them just last year uh, i went to metal tour of the year it was in flames trivium lamb of god and megadeth you know what? I almost went to that one. Yeah. But I ended up uh I ended up waiting and I saw in flames do a headline show, which is oh, that's the sick. band I was there for. Yeah, dude, that was a fun show, but holy shit, Megadeth should have been the direct support. I know it was technically a co-headliner, but Lamb of God should have closed the show because they fucking blew everybody away. And their fans go fucking nuts, man. They do. I remember there was dudes next to me that were like Yo, man, when I was young, I would have been all up in that pit, but I got my nose broken and my my I got a concussion. I don't do that shit anymore, but that's <laughs> fucking amazing, man. <laughs> I was like, this is this is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man. So like that was kind of my intro to metal. And then from there, like, you know, metals evolved so much and especially in the last decade. Um, you know, because the 2010s had its own sound now, and now we're in the 2020s, and metal is you know kind of ever shifting again. Um, but it's definitely more diverse. You know, we're kind of out of the out of the wave of there's one metal sound, and if you are not doing it, then you're not, then you're either a sellout or you suck. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, yeah, there's just so many different sounds to it now and even a lot of the bands that started out as metal they're playing stuff that's like i think i always think of uh bring me the horizon yep they started out as like a straight deathcore band now they're <laughs> doing their own thing sometimes it's pop sometimes it's rock you Dude, know bring me, the, bring me the horizon makes me feel so old because their fans i feel like like the young fans probably don't even know about count your blessings oh dude right <laughs> like i was like dude that was my shit for a while well i saw a video probably a couple years back they were doing one of their giant, you know, <laughs> world tours or whatever. Yep. And all of a sudden they they break out. Um, what is it? Is it pray pray, pray for, for something? Pray for plagues. Pray for plagues. <laughs> they break out that song and just hit that fucking breakdown. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My and favorite... the fans in the audience are just like, "What is this?" I know. My favorite record or my favorite song on that record is still "Tell Slater Not to Wash His Dick." <laughs> Dude, didn't metalcore and deathcore have the best song titles? Yeah, back they in the did. Day? I was about to say, man. Do like, you that... remember the band Attack Attack? Of course. One of my favorite songs by them is What Happens If We Get There and I Can't Check My MySpace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, there was that fantastic era where every metal band, as serious as they were, had ridiculous song titles. <laughs> it was and the amazing. Monster t-shirts. <laughs> yep. Um, 
trying to trying to think of some good ones. Obviously, a day to remember had some really funny ones. If I'm or I'm made of wax, Larry, what are you made oh, of? Oh yeah. Oh, um, do you remember a Muir? What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought you saw Telly and turned me into Casper or something like that. <laughs> yep, Devil Wears Prada had good had some good ones. Reptar King of the Ozone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we could do a whole fucking episode on some of those metal song titles back then. That was just what <laughs> you did, man. The song was as serious as it could be, but you wrote ridiculous song titles that were really long too. Mm-hmm. It was never just three words. <laughs> nope. Uh, I remember. I remember being blown away when I saw Bring Me the Horizon's third album. There is a hell. Believe me, I've seen it. There is a heaven. Let's keep it a secret. Like, I was like, holy shit, man. And if you listen to it on uh, Apple Music or Spotify now, the whole title is a fee. Get those ellipses in it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, man, that was that was a time in uh, in metalcore for sure, um, oh, yeah. or metal in general. But uh, you know, I, I like where we're at now with metal, where there's like, because a lot of the even subgenres of metal back then, like we we talked about Black Veil Brides a while back, and like they were so shit on back in the day. Oh yeah. Like a decade ago. People doing it. Remember, I was an elitist. (laughs) Right? If like (laughs) if you like Black Little Brides back then, you got shit on for liking them. And And I'll tell you what, what turned me on to those guys was um their song in the end. I had the radio Mm -hmm. on one day. And I'm like, damn, this is just a good rock song. Who is it? It is. (laughs) And they're like, it's Black Veil Brides. I'm like, what? Because so the last funny. time I'd heard those guys, they were doing that song with uh, knives and pens. Knives and pens, yep. And the next thing I hear, the guy's like, hur, hur, hur. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> All right, I can get down with this. That's funny. Yeah, I actually remember not liking Black Veil Brides when I first saw Knives and Pens. It took me a while to like come around to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's fun. They're still here and they're still killing it, man. Their last record, uh, The Phantom Tomorrow, that was such a good album. Man, um, I, I know they're the album with them it's there's like a big fireball and they're dressed like motley crew used to oh uh set the world on fire yes that <laughs> one dude the guitar work is phenomenal right like, why have i not been <laughs> listening to these guys i know man it's crazy um yeah dude like i like there's so there's theatrical metal these days there's power metal there's uh metal core still kind of around but not like in the way that it used to be it's not um, as mainstream no not really um there's still some hardcore bands i think oh, yeah. uh dude knocked loose that's true that's very true see in my head it it sounds like something else because hardcore <laughs> was was a different different sound back then right it was um, like the hate breed guys yep hate breed uh or uh i wonder if anyone even remembers this band do you remember a band called thick as blood no Dude, I got to send you their records, man. This was my favorite <laughs> hardcore band from back then. <laughs> like, okay. they released like three records. They never really got huge. They were always playing like bars, uh, mm-hmm. but they were so good. Uh, but even like, I guess these are hardcore. Do you remember a band called Close Your Eyes? Man, they oh were no, on, you know, you know what they I'm were thinking? on Victory I'm... Records. They did Song for the Broken. No, but I mean, Victory Records. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't specifically remember that band though, but I yeah, can imagine yeah, yeah. what they sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very, very yelly, high sounding vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, it was that band that was like, we'll sing it alive, all cool 
guess. <laughs> I'll have to send you that song. But I yeah. saw them in an American Legion here, the Somerville American <laughs> Legion, like literally where the pit is so big that we are getting pushed into the merch table. <laughs> so, yeah, man, crazy, crazy time. But uh, yeah, I just I appreciate nowadays that there's a lot of different types of, of metal out there uh, mm-hmm. and that all subgenres of metal are pretty much accepted now. Dude, we um, even have one of my favorites, Pirate Metal. You ever hear the band <laughs> Alestorm? Or I love Alestorm. I love that shit, dude. That's dude. my... Oh. <laughs> dude, their fucking song, Fucked With an Anchor, is one of the funniest <laughs> songs I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. I, I'd see, I always liked um, more like the folk metal, Viking metal, that stuff, too. So. So, you, so you'd be happy with what was actually my first metal show, which was Power Glove? Oh, you God. remember I... them? <laughs> Video I saw game them metal. at a... Uh... Was it the summer? I think it was the summer slaughter tour. It was like Oceano was on it too. Yep. Uh it was Power Glove open. Teresis was direct support. Teresis was Power Glove. Oh my god, what was this? And then Dragon Force headlined. Dude, that is a badass lineup. How did I miss this? Oh, it was such a good tour. It was back in 2008. It was my first time going to the House of Blues. I still have a pick from their guitar player, Sam. Sam Totman. Uh, yep. um so that shit that shit was amazing but honestly man one and i don't even know what type of metal you call this but one of my other one of my favorite early metal bands that my friend at the time introduced me to was winds of plague oh okay and i remember going to a really tiny venue here in charleston to see them they were opening for shadows fall for some reason Dude, I love Shadows Fall. War <laughs> me, Within, that is an all-time yeah. classic. God. Me, me too, man. But Shadows Fall and Winds of Plague does does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> Two different crowds. Yeah, because Wind of Winds of Plague would play the fucking songs like The Impaler and Decimate the Weak, and then Shadows Fall would play Still I Rise. Like what? <laughs> um But I remember going to see this show. I was there for Winds of Plague. I didn't know who Shadows Fall was. Mm -hmm. um this was 2010 so winds of plague was touring for the great stone war i believe oh yeah i remember that one um which is an awesome record and during their song the impaler they got like two sec like 10 excuse me they got like 30 seconds into the song and they got to the uh and don't you ever forget the images of those you so and so and so Mm-hmm. and some kid did a cannonball off the stage and like his foot just came down right across my face oh <laughs> and i can find the video on youtube from that show you can't see him hit me but i can point out the dude that did it <laughs> that was him officer yeah i can like because the band's playing and he came from the side stage and ran across the stage and did a cannonball and his foot came down like right across my face dude that is brutal Thank God I didn't get bruised or anything, but it was fun, man. And then they tried—they did a shitty wall of death in this like really (laughs) tiny bar. I'm like, my friend's like, you got to get in. I'm like, no. I love shitty wall of death. It's like five people on each side. Like, come on. (laughs) It's on YouTube somewhere. (laughs) Um, But it was hot as hell, man. It was in the the middle of August in this tiny ass bar in Charleston, (laughs) South Carolina. (laughs) Um. Yeah, man, we could do a whole episode on like fun metal stories. Oh but yeah, I'll I tell you me- my first wall of death real quick was. Oh at, yeah, do it up. It was at Megadeth's twentieth anniversary for Rust in Peace. They took out Testament and Exodus, so it was just like a super thrash. Holy shit! It's, it's like a thrash metal super show. <laughs> 
And um, this video is still on YouTube also. When Exodus plays Strike of the Beast, they split it in the wall of death. And um, <laughs> my buddy who was at a, he was at a promotional agency at the time. He like zooms in on me like right before the wall of death. And then you just see us charge and you just lose me. <laughs> oh my God. That's so crazy. You you know those videos on YouTube where people are in the middle of the wall of death, like what the fuck? And then the wall of death charges. <laughs> and that was just... me for like a year. Every <laughs> every show I went to, the guys would be like, open the floor up. And then I would look around. My friends would be nowhere. No one was around me. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm in the middle of the pit. And then I would just get clobbered till I made my yep. way out. So I've never done a wall of death, but have I told you the story of the one time I was in a mosh pit? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think uh, I would remember that. <laughs> yeah. So this was uh, in 2016, Trivium rolled through Charleston twice. Mm -hmm. They played the same venue once in January and once in October. And uh, at the second show, I had a friend there who was like, yo, you got to get on the pit, man. And I'm like, dude, I'm I'm too short. Like, I'm not a pit guy because all the dudes in the pit are like over six, over six feet tall. <laughs> and I'm only five, eight. So um he was like dude don't be a bitch like i'll buy you a shot here's a here's a shot of fireball get in the fucking pit or i'm gonna push you in i was like all right i don't remember what trivium song was playing but i did it and it was fine but i was like constantly looking left and right to make sure there was no elbows that was gonna that were gonna be thrown at me because i had seen because i had seen people do that a bunch mm -hmm. and uh so i did okay and then they played something else and they started a circle pit. Oh yeah. And I could only hang for like a minute of the circle pit. Like mm -hmm. I started the, the fireball actually started to make me feel a little sick. Oh, no, That's probably not <laughs> the best idea to drink a yep. bunch of liquor and run in a circle. Exactly. So I tried to get out and I couldn't physically get out of the pit <laughs> and I grabbed my friend's hand at the time. And the other friend that pushed me into it just yanks me back in. So I have to do another two laps <laughs> and i catch my other hand my other friend's hand at the time on the swing around and he mm -hmm. just pulls me out as hard as he can that i caught air <laughs> oh my and then God. i was feeling sick to my stomach by the trash can and the security thought i was gonna puke and i'm like no i'm fine i'm not drunk i just am like feeling sick to my stomach now i just made myself really dizzy after fireball yeah exactly so uh that was my one time being in a pit and never again man i have <laughs> so many good pit memories i'll give i'll give you one more from a wall of death so this was at um mayhem fest i think it was 2013 it was an outside one in new jersey and um man me and my brother just pounded miller lights and it, like you couldn't take <laughs> jersey is, has some weird alcohol that love, is so. such a festival beer i love it right well that's my brother's favorite so i'm just like hey if you're buying i'm drinking um but New Jersey, like they had all the beer set up before you could get into the actual, like where the bands were playing. Mm -hmm. We're like, well, we better drink a ton out here so that we don't have to keep coming out. So we just pound like all these oh, Miller Lights. And we go in and there's this band called Wretched playing. And we've never heard of Wretched. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> the first bands of the day. Yeah, they're fucking awesome now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we had never heard of them. And we knew we were beelining for the pit. So. So everyone's, it's like we're entering WrestleMania, man. Everyone's high-fiving us, patting us <laughs> on the back. Like, they knew exactly what we were there for. So we're in the pit to wretched all day. And then I forget what band it was, but they did the wall of death. And, like, me and this dude from across the path are eyeing each other. I'm like, okay, I got this guy. <laughs> and as I'm about as I'm about to hit him, 
some like hundred pound kid, little dude, like jumps in front of me. So I catch this kid or little dude. I don't know what he is. And I just shuck him at this dude across from me. And they both just get taken out. And then I lost track of everything. Cause I, just Oh my God, that. that is insane. You, yeah. See some of that shit gets crazy. I'll tell you one final story before we start our album countdown. So love jason love my brother-in-law jason i just want to say he is a saint i love him to death i don't know about a saint (laughs) yeah yeah maybe better choice of words no i'm just kidding uh but when i had some friends on when i had some friends at the time that bailed on me for a metal show at the last minute like an hour before the show started i called jason because i didn't want to go by myself nowadays i wouldn't give a shit i would just go make friends with everybody but yeah i was awkward back then so i called jason for him to go with me and he did it it was see now i'm going to try to remember the bands that were on it i believe silar was opening dude that's a blast from the past yeah right <laughs> um <laughs> obey the brave i don't remember them they yeah they were like one of those like one album and done one mm. or two albums maybe <laughs> uh i, I know the type <laughs> yeah i don't remember what band was direct support uh, maybe Obey the Brave was direct support. I can't remember who the other band was. I'm pretty sure there was another one. But For the Fallen Dreams was headlining. Mm-hmm. This show was at a skate park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and For the Fallen Dreams and all the bands were literally playing on the half pipe. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason came with me. And there is no barricade or end to where the moshing is happening. This oh, is man. like when you go to an EDM show which I've only done once mm-hmm. and you go like you, you're like, Oh man, I got to go take a piss and get away from everybody. And there's literally people dancing behind you at the urinals. Like <laughs> there is moshing <laughs> everywhere. And it <laughs> two things happen. One dude, me and Jason are standing up on this platform towards the back. I'm like, okay, I'm not watching. I'm listening to these bands, but I'm not here for them. I'm there for, uh, for the fallen dreams. Mm-hmm. And this one dude is doing that hardcore dancing with the spinning kicks and the flailing of the arms. He loses control of himself and literally flies to the side and just pummels into Jason. Oh, no. Jason falls back over, still holding his his drink in his hand at the time. (laughs) He saved the drink. No way. What a, what a legend. Yeah, and he just get, but he got like flatlined when this guy hit him. So we pick him up and he's doing okay. And we're like, shit, the back of the crowd isn't the safe place. Let's go off to the side. (laughs) And there's this wall barricade thing that is not tied to the, like not attached to the floor at all. It's just a wall that they stood up. And uh, at one point during For the Fallen Dreams, this one dude is being an asshole. He's wearing a ski mask of all things and he's shirtless in the pit. That's the guy you got to watch out for. Literally like throwing punches at people. And he hit someone like he went towards the side and just deliberately threw his hands at this guy and hit him. And then the guy, yeah. And then the guy, they went at it because the guy Mm -hmm. was not having it and they got into a fight. (laughs) And uh, the one dude that was being an asshole ended up in an arm lock because people were trying to push him away Uh, because the other dudes on top of him, like hitting him (laughs) on the back of the head. And (laughs) like, it was kind of, it was pretty crazy. Man. But they but they knocked over this wall in the fight and it fell on Jason's foot. Oh, dude, Jason, he was getting <laughs> he was getting the brunt of it, man. Yeah, dude. 
so he yeah, that's went, probably why he never went to another one. <laughs> so he went home with like a bruise on his foot, and Heather called me. She's like, "What the fuck did you do to my husband?" <laughs> <laughs> you had one job to protect him. Exactly. I still have a video from that show. Actually, dude, I'll have to send it to you. It's the shittiest hardcore Man. dancing crowd ever. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. It's awful. Um, but yeah, yeah, I got. Man. I got one more for you. Go for it. <laughs> I promise. Dude, no, I can talk metal memories all night. <laughs> go for oh, it. Man. <clears throat> so there was this, um, we used to go to this club called The Reverb in Reading, Pennsylvania. It's a great fucking venue if anybody's ever has the you chance know, to go there. For some reason, I feel like I've heard of that. And I wonder if it's because of, uh, you ever listen to the podcast Lead Singer Syndrome? You told me about it. Yeah, with Shane Told from Silverstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he and some other band person probably mentioned it yeah dude it's a it's a great venue and i don't know how they do it but they get all kinds of metal tours there. like i can't <laughs> tell you how many bands i'd seen there like we used to live like a five minute uber uber ride away from it so like every friday <laughs> saturday would be like well who's playing the one time like did you ever hear the band soil work no and they're just like a they were like a mid-2000s i think they're still around but they were kind of big in the mid-2000s melodic okay. metal band from sweden and they were playing with fear factory and <laughs> We just okay. look on the website. We're like, dude, this is badass. Let's go down there. So, I mean, it was great living near it. Um, yeah. But the one day, if they had like a big tour coming through, they would turn it into an all day festival. Mm-hmm. And the one time there was this bartender there. He was some kind of president of a lo- local mo- motorcycle club or something. Really cool dude. And he made these drinks. It was only him. It was called Rain in Bloods. And I don't know what it was, but it was like just a ton of yellow liquor. And then he'd pour this red liquor on top of it. So like the red liquor would drip down looking like it's raining blood, literally. (laughs) And man, me and my brother were just drinking these. Like the show started at noon because it was one of those festivals and we're just drinking them, drinking them, drinking them. So by the time the actual tour starts at like five o'clock, we are just out of our minds. (laughs) So he, Death Angel was the second to last headline. I forget to who that main headliner was. Neither of us wanted to see him. But mm. by the time Death Angel goes on, my brother is passed out on one of the couches <laughs> and he never gets like that drunk. Yeah. And by the end of it, I'm in the mosh pit. I take my shirt off. <laughs> Me and this other big dude who also doesn't have a shirt on are just ramming into each other like like rams <laughs> on a mountain. <laughs> and then after that, we don't stay for the headliner. Uh, my brother takes an Uber home and I take an Uber an hour away to where my friends were having a party. They're like, did you just take an Uber from Reading to <laughs> Lancaster? I'm like, yeah, I was at a metal show, but I came to this party. They're like, how drunk are you? I'm like, I was drinking random bloods all day. <laughs> That's beautiful. An hour away. That's fantastic. I don't know what I was thinking. You... I think I hitched a ride home in the morning with one of my buddies going my way. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> and as you were uh talking about the rain and blood you better believe i was hearing that drum beat and the weird siren sounds as you said that <laughs> yeah uh, so one of the one of the best metal openings ever oh my god um well that's a. Uh, I mean there's metal talk for 30 minutes and metal stories and how we got into the genre but uh and I should say all the like the violence and stuff that goes down at a show that's mean spirited and stuff like that. I mean, any violence in general is not cool. <laughs> like, don't be the asshole at a show that is uh, that is hitting people and, you know, like abusing the crowd or anything like if you mosh- are. 
if you are a crowd killer, sexy boy Roy will find you. <laughs> exactly. Like fun, lighthearted moshing and circle pits. You know, pick people up, be kind, have fun, and just be safe. That's all I want to say. Um, but dude, so it's October. Let's uh let's talk about some metal albums that we pick for the month of October that the listeners should be listening to. I know we got a lot of metal fans out there. Uh so let's uh let's tell them what we recommend they listen to for the month of October. So we kind of <clears throat> are sort of round robber round robining our way through this. I don't even know if that's a verb, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, and uh so we thought we'd each pick about five albums, something like, you know, something along that format. And uh, we'll have Roy start with his first pick and we'll just kind of talk about the record, similar to how we did the build a horror soundtrack with the first episode. Um, just kind of, you know, do our picks and shoot the shit. Um, I'm sure we're going to have a couple mutual picks. And before we actually dive into your first pick, Roy, there's a record I wanted to start with because we kind of took it off the table because I said if you picked it, it was going to be fighting words. <laughs> it really wouldn't be it'd be stern facial expressions that's all <laughs> but uh i wanted to start with a record that you actually texted me about the other day which is from my favorite fucking band of all time motionless and white with their first album creatures all-time classic man you gotta love that one it is my favorite album like ever like mm -hmm. it is such a good record it's perfect for halloween and any time of the year but Specifically for October, there are so many horror themes in the record and horror stories in it. It is amazing. Yeah, and it just has that feel mm. to it. You know, like you were saying, all the all the tracks have horror tie-ins, you know, Undead Ahead, you got the Headless Horseman, Cobwebs, there's stuff about vampires all the way through it. Like mm -hmm. it's just a badass record. And not to mention the fucking <laughs> breakdowns, the choruses, like yep. oh the my god. The first song I heard off of it was that single, Abigail. Mm. And that's what got me into Motionless and White. Um, I heard that song. I went to FYE when we still had one and I bought the record immediately. <laughs> and I still have that CD copy somewhere, man. Like it's I've had it since April of 2011, which was about six months after the record came out. Man, I feel you. I have a bin right over there just full of CDs. <laughs> Me too. Like <laughs> the early 2000s to the yep. late 2000s. But yeah, dude, Creatures has so many good songs on it. These days, man, like my favorite song on the record has fluctuated so much. But my favorite song on the record isn't really a horror song, like about a horror story, but it still has that horror feel to it with the synths. Um, mm. And the lyrical themes, Count Choculitis. <laughs> is, which, We're going back to this funny metalcore song. Yeah, which I did find out later that Chris, the singer, actually kind of regrets that it has such a silly title, but it's such a serious <laughs> song. That was the but that's, period. That's what you did, man. Um, Absolutely. But I think that's my favorite song on the record, which is a song about heartbreak, but it just feels like a horror movie. It feels mm. like one of those uh, betrayed love movies or something. Yeah. Well, you if know, you've ever been through a major heartbreak, it can feel like a horror movie. Yeah, almost like a, uh, this is a little more comedic, but like Tim Burton's Dark Shadows type thing. Oh, yeah. You know, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but Scissor Hands, The Final Snow at the end of the record, uh, Puppets, which is like the ultimate fuck you song if you're going through mm -hmm. a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> um, dot Com Part 2. Oh, dude, yeah, that's another great one. 
Yeah, dude, it's such a good. It's not even just a good metalcore record. It's just such a good fucking record, man. Yeah, period. And I love Motionless and White so much. They're my favorite band of all time. I wish they would play some songs off that record more. Well, you'll be jealous. I I really got into them. I saw them at the Mayhem Festival in Scranton. Uh, we saw. Oh yeah, because they're from there. Yeah. Yep, and we saw signs said Motionless and White starts at like 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. or something. It's like, <laughs> damn, that sounds like a pretty cool band name. I want to see right? those guys. And we checked them out, and it was just like, holy shit, were we blown away. Yeah, dude, I saw them. So I'm actually seeing them this Saturday on that um, Scoring the End of the World tour. Is that the one with Knocked Loose? Yes, it's oh. going to be heavy as shit. Alpha Wolf, After the Burial, Knocked Loose, and Motionless and White. Damn, After the Burial's still around. That's crazy. Oh, dude, I love After the Burial so much. This will be my third time seeing them, and man, those guys put on a hell of a show. Yeah, that Lost in the Static song. Oh, my God. I'll get in the <laughs> pit every time. That's my favorite record from them is that Dig Deep album. That's a good one. Um, But uh, yeah, Creatures, man. Not even just a good metalcore record, just a great record to this day. And the yeah. one time I saw Motionless and White what or the first time i saw motionless and white this will be the third time i've seen them this saturday Mm -hmm. but the first time i saw them was the only time i got to see them during the creatures era really and and funny story this was on the all-stars tour in 2011 oh dude i was i at that i was in one of the all-stars i'm sorry okay (laughs) no you're good man but all-stars tour is like almost like a mini festival because there's like 15 to 20 bands on the tour um well Here's the thing. The ghost inside was also on the tour. Yeah. And motionless in white and the ghost inside. This was back when motionless in white used to get shit on for wearing makeup all the time, um, which they still do. And thank, thank goodness they stuck to it, man, because that's one of the things I love about them is their look um, and just their aesthetic. But when they were getting shit on, the ghost inside decided that motionless in white and the ghost inside should should switch clothes for that show. <laughs> To make a statement that like, hey, you guys are moshing to the ghost inside, but we look like motionless and white right now. So mm-hmm. looks don't matter. Don't be a shithead. If it's good music, it's good music. Yeah. So when I saw motionless and white in the creatures era, they were wearing like Hawaiian shirts and shit. <laughs> it was it, was, it wasn't quite creatures era motionless. No, but they still played all songs from creatures. So I got to hear Abigail, Scissor Hands, um, creatures the self-title which has one of the best music videos ever Mm. um yeah it was incredible and then i saw them last year on the trinity of terror tour uh but this saturday will be my first time seeing them on a headlining tour because trinity of terror because on all-stars tour they were like band four of like 20 Mm -hmm. and then trinity of terror was a headliner but it was like a triple headliner yeah um and motionless and white played right in the middle for some reason I guess they swapped off all the time and just kind of like traded off. So it was the weirdest thing, man. Ice Nine Kills opened the show after that. Wow, that sounds like your dream festival right there. Right, dude? So Fame on Fire (laughs) started the show. Ice Nine Kills opened after that. Motionless was in the middle and Black Veil Brides closed the show. It was the weirdest lineup ever. (laughs) Dude, I love weird lineups. There was this one time. Here we go getting off track again, but there was this one time. It was a, it was New Year's Eve. My brother's a big Amur fan, and I dig him too. Yeah. Um. So Amur was playing at that venue, the Reverb. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, 
it was a Muir and then like five horror core bands. So like insane clown <laughs> posse bands. Oh jeez. <laughs> so we're there with like a bunch of gigolo or juggalos and <laughs> these guys rapping in clown makeup. And yep. then like two hours in and a, a Muir comes on. It's just <laughs> totally different. I'm like, where are we, dude? That's so funny. Which Amur has a song title. Um, I never got big into Amur, but they have a song that I really used to rip all the time, which was uh, you got a henna tattoo that said forever or something like that from their first album. <laughs> uh, or something like it was, again, ridiculous song title, but again, like a emotionally charged, packed song. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, man, Cre- uh, Creatures, man, what a record and what a yeah. perfect album for Halloween. Yeah, for sure. I knew I'll... I knew we would both probably be vibing that one. So I figured we put it out there now <laughs> and then oh, we yeah. can just go off on some other picks. Um, right on. So, dude, what's your first pick, man? What do you got? What record should we listen to for Halloween? Man, I got to say it's not horror the whole, whole way through, but it definitely has some good vibes in there. And that'd be Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast. There we get classic, man. One, it's just a badass song. So if you're gonna listen to one song off it, listen to Number of the Beast. Yep. I just had it on earlier today. It's like Bruce Dickinson's so or Bruce Dickinson's <laughs> vocals, Adrian Smith and Dave Murray's solos in it, just like and the whole thing's wrapped up in this weird occult story of this guy witnessing these satanic rituals or whatever outside his window. Yep. Just an amazing song. Yeah, see I um that was the era of metal that I kind of skipped over a little bit for some reason. Um, I went backwards when I got to high school and I got into like Metallica and Megadeth um, and uh, Merciful Fate. You remember them? I was going to bring them up later with King Diamond. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, King Diamond is one of the coolest front man ever. Front man oh, ever, yeah, dude. dude. That like falsetto. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm there not even go. going to try. Can't get that <laughs> Nope, keep your keep your balls dropped. It's fine. It's got to press them up there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. So that was an so Iron Maiden. I never like fully got into, but when so I have to thank the Guitar Hero games for getting me into a lot of the older music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people overlook that man. The Guitar Hero games introduced me to so many bands. It did that for a lot of people. I mean, it put Dragon Force on the map. In Flames yeah. was on there. Slipknot, I, like you were saying before, I forget. I remember playing that on there. And then <laughs> yep. it had a lot of the old classic songs, too, mm-hmm. that a lot of people had never heard. Yeah, I got into, like, Cheap Trick on there and Poison, <laughs> <laughs> all the hair oh, metal bands. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Iron Maiden, man, is uh, is a classic. And I, I do remember watching an interview um, with Escape the Fate. And their drummer said something along the lines of they were talking about their new record and they were talking about how like bands can't get away with writing the same record over and over again. And they said the only bands that are an exception to that are ACDC and Iron Maiden. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, you're kind of not wrong. ACDC, I'll agree with. Did you ever hear of a Monomarth? Um, I know of them. I don't know if I've ever listened to them, though. This is a term of endearment. They pretty much found their sound like 20 years ago and they've just wrote the same album ever since, (laughs) but it all sounds really badass. So it works. I mean, behemoth does that. So why not? They do these days. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) their past couple, I'm just kind of like, oh man, but the Satanist, oh my God. 
see mine mine the record that i liked from them was i loved you at your darkest yeah that was one of the newer ones yep that was the one right after the satanist i think Mm -hmm. um but yeah the last one yeah (laughs) for me Um, i loved you at your darkest didn't really do it for me because that's that's fair like the satanist is such a hard record to follow up like it might be one of the perfect metal albums well i know that uh nergal wrote that after battling cancer and had Mm -hmm. a lot to get off his chest so yeah a very very raw feel to it yeah but um but yeah some other songs on number of the beast i mean hallowed be thy name total classic um (laughs) you know about a guy being marched towards his death (laughs) in prison (laughs) um children of the damned um and there's a lot of historic songs on there too which is something i really dig about iron maiden they talk about history and literature both of which i love so you have run to the hills another mm-hmm. classic off of it um <laughs> and i just forgot the other one invaders maybe that's not one of my favorite songs but i mean it's kind of cool there you go yeah it's a classic record man that's a good that's a solid first pick for sure um so my first pick is probably a bit of a deep cut at this point. I don't know how many people know about this record. Um, and this is more like, again, a lot of different types of metal. This is in like the post hardcore um, genre. Mm-hmm. So I am going to pick a record that I still love to this day. This was another band I saw at that same skate park and they were playing to almost no one, which is like heartbreaking to see. Um, I'm going to pick the album Two Face Charade from Famous Last Words. Badass pick, man. I didn't know you saw them. Yeah, man. I saw them at the skate park and uh they they were co-headlining with Palisades. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that thing. <laughs> right? And Palisades had the biggest crowd and Famous Last Words closed the show. And everyone and like, left. And like half the crowd left, dude. I'm like, what the shit? So sad. And so I'm watching Famous Last Words with like 30 people and I'm literally standing in front of the singer the whole the whole set. <laughs> like he is right here. Well, it worked out for you. Oh, it was amazing, dude. It was such a surreal thing to get to see them. And I met him after the show. And uh, JT, the the singer, is such a nice dude, as is the entire band. Mm-hmm. Um, but Two-Faced Charade, man, is such a dark, twisted album. Um, so for people that don't know the record... It is a concept record and it is about a a guy who is basically schizophrenic who becomes obsessed with his neighbor who's a beautiful young woman um, and he finds out that she has a boyfriend and he is going to go to all costs or all lengths to um, get rid of the boyfriend and claim this woman as his lover. Uh, and it's a really fucked up dark story it's almost like a tragic love story um but they went like every song is a piece of the story they did a music video for the song the show must go on and it kind of summed up the record there but then they released a short film for it too where it showed the whole story um there was actually a short story released around the time of the record uh i would almost like to see this this album as a play Mm. Because the be record cool. because the record sounds like a play. It has the spinning wheel of the curtains being pulled back at a show. Um, it'd almost be like a Sweeney Todd type thing. That would be sick. So yeah, man. Like Two Face Charade, man, go listen to it. It's such a good record. 
yeah and the music videos for show must go on part one and two that's really what got me into that band was seeing mm -hmm. those and just being one blown away by the song but also the the video was so cool too same same that was the first thing i heard and they bring it with the live performance man and it sucks because they've never really blown up ever you Didn't know they break up for like a decade or were they still around what what happened there no i think they went on hiatus or something in the last couple years but they're still like kind of around hmm. um jt releases a lot of solo stuff um okay. but again like every record of theirs has a solid concept to it you know there was this the follow-up council of the dead which was a bunch of souls in the afterlife trying to figure out how they died and how they're all connected the incubus was like talking about a like a like a 50s housewife or 1920s housewife or something combating the the gender stereotypes of that era and it's a really mm. beautiful like tragic yes but beautiful empowering story um yeah. especially for women so they they've always like pushed the boundaries and they've just they've never blown up and i remember they released an ep about two years ago um and it was only three songs and people were upset about it. They were like, it's only three songs. It's so short. And they were like, guys, this would all, this was all we could afford. Like we don't have all oh, the money in the world. That sucks. So it's, it's really a bummer to see that they, they never blew up. I just, they never got the best tours, man. They were always opening for small bands. Yeah. Um, they were always like the first on the bill. And I'm like, come on, man. The biggest tour I think I saw them on was they opened for like Hawthorne Heights and red jumpsuit apparatus yeah that was pretty good back in the day man yeah man but uh it was also kind of no disrespect to hawthorne heights i love them they were my first concert and i love red jump red jumpsuit apparatus as well but it was kind of them past their prime gotcha so they weren't as popular so again it was just yeah mm. it was unfortunate but uh man two-faced charade what a record and it's one of those things too with music or anything it's all about right place right time and just yep the littlest right. thing can set you off course. It's just, yeah, <laughs> that yeah, sucks the, to hear, man. Yeah, I mean, but they're still around. They still tour and, you know, they're still releasing music whenever they can. Mm -hmm. um, JT just released a really, like, almost horror-leaning version of Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that's cool. So check that out for sure. But uh, that's my first pick, man. Go check it out, people. It's a great, great record. Uh, so, Roy, back to you. What do you got for your number four record? So this is another one. It's practically based on one song, but Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil. Yep. <laughs> Jason and, uh, Jason will be uh, will be jumping up and down with excitement to, when he hears that. <laughs> I thought he would be. And again, there's really just one song that, that deals with it. As far as Shout at the Devil, it really has his occult themes in it. Yep. Um, but man, the whole record, I read motley Cruz the dirt and the section where nikki six is talking about writing this album him and lita ford i think it was lita ford had an apartment and they got real into like demonology and witchcraft and ouija boards and he was saying like they would see furniture floating and just weird <clears throat> shit happening all the time in this place oh man and that really yeah right <laughs> and uh he said that really influenced his, his writing of this album and it if you listen to their first one which is kind of like faster harder glam rock more or less 
Yeah. This one just had, sounds like it has such a darker edge. Like if you took some of the lyrics out in certain songs about like sex or women or whatever and replaced it with like death and demons and shit like it would fit yeah. right in the <laughs> riffs just sound harder the drums sound heavier like it has that dark gritty edge to it that a lot of their other shit doesn't have mm-hmm. and yeah, too no. and too i mean they're all in those crazy post-apocalyptic costumes the, <laughs> yep. the album covers a pentagram like they they, yeah. they went full on with the imagery they did. I remember seeing an interview back in the day with uh, Corey Taylor. Um, do you remember, did you ever watch those Scuzz, Scuzz meets interviews on YouTube? It was like Scuzz meets Linkin Park, Scuzz meets Corey Taylor. Boy, that sounds familiar. I'm sure I did. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he would always do like, he was one of those first people to do like, almost like podcast like interviews where it was like 45 minute interviews with them. And it was like a whole dive into their back catalog and how they got into mm-hmm. music. It was great. But he was interviewing Corey Taylor and Corey Taylor actually said that one of the first exposures that he had for music was um, the music video for Looks That Kill from Motley Crue. And he was like, what is this? This is amazing. Um, And that's pretty cool, man. Their reach is uh, it's unrivaled for sure. Yeah, because that video is shot in like that post-apocalyptic world. And they're all running around like savages and <laughs> like it's the road warrior. Yeah. And too, like back in 83, when it came out, there weren't that many bands doing this stuff that at least that I could think of. I mean, nope. Iron Maiden had put out Number of the Beast year before, which had like satanic stuff in it. You know, Metallica had just dropped Kill Em All that year. Yep. Like there wasn't, thrash metal wasn't really established. Like the new wave of British heavy metal was here. I mean, I got to be honest, I'm not that familiar with Judas Priest works and they may have been doing some stuff, but by and large, well, you didn't see stuff like that. No, Judas Priest was probably just getting started at that point, probably. Well, Priest had been around since the mid 70s. OK, I'm just so not they, sure. They were probably the... like starting to hit their peak then. Yeah, that would probably be right. They were like early 80s, I'd say when yeah. they started their early blow up early to mid 80s with like mm-hmm. you got another thing coming and things like that held that for leather yep <laughs> oh man rob halford what a legend dude dude his vocals on painkiller oh my yep. god <laughs> <laughs> oh such a good band um but um but yeah and too i saw i saw a motley crew cover band one halloween at <laughs> this local dive bar and they broke out like the full shout at the devil get up <laughs> and they all had like you know the blood on the guitars and the skulls yep. and pentagram on stage and I don't know. I guess after that, I just tie this album back to Halloween after seeing that band on Halloween night all dressed up like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Again, classic record. Um, and anytime I think of Shout of the Devil, I think of Idle Hands. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Because there's that one metalhead, Randy, <laughs> that's always listening to Shout of the Devil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Idle Hands, what a good movie. Oh, yeah. Good pick, man. Um. So my next one, I'm kind of staying in the metalcore scene. Um, This was a band that I didn't mention before, but uh, again, kind of from that 2010s, late 2000s metalcore scene. Um, I'm going to go with Hollow Bodies from Bless the Fall. Nice. Bless the Fall, man. There you go. (laughs) This, This record, man, I have such attachments to october with it because i when it came out in 2013 
I listen to it all the time. And it's got horror songs on there, man. They the song Hollow Bodies they wrote about The Walking Dead. <laughs> so really? yeah. Nice. So it's a song about fighting zombies. Um, and then the song Standing, what is it, Standing on the Ashes or Standing mm-hmm. in the Ashes or something like that, uh, is a song about uh a girl being possessed. Hmm. So and that's uh, pretty crazy because didn't Bless the Fall start out as like a Christian metal band? They did, yeah. Um, and as I understand it, some of the members still are, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not labeled as a Christian band. I don't think. Yeah. They did the, uh, they did the South park thing where they get big as a Christian <laughs> band and then just do whatever they want. Yeah. They pulled an under oath. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, but yeah, man, hollow bodies <laughs> just has this real like ambient sound to it. Um, the vocals sound really echoey on a lot of the songs. And it just, again, a lot of eerie sounds on on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of feels like psychedelic at points. So uh, I recommend it, man. I think it's a I think it's a great album. And again, you got your horror songs in there, but it's also just got that ambient feel to it. It feels like a lot of the songs could be very cinematic. Yeah, I man, I saw them around that time when they put out Hollow Bodies. Yep. And that was really my introduction to them. But the ones I'm most familiar with are some of their older stuff like Battle Royale, guys like you give a, the rest of us a bad name. There's there's so, some of those good 2010 metal funny songs. Funny story <laughs> about that song in particular. Uh, I saw Bless the Fall live on the All Stars tour, that same tour I mentioned where I saw Motionless and White. Bless the Fall mm-hmm. was really high up on the lineup. I actually am looking over on my wall. I have a poster from that album cycle that Bless the Fall was about to start. It's signed by Bo, the singer. Nice. Um, so it's still on my wall over there, alongside a poster of Motionless and White from the Creatures era that I got at their table. <laughs> Dude, you did it up, man. <laughs> I did from that same tour, man. Um, but they played guys like you make us look bad. Mm-hmm. And that was when they had Craig, the other singer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that song. <laughs> I only knew stuff off of Witness at the time. And they were playing it and the bass player looked down at me while that song was going on. And I'm just desperately trying to find the words and partake. Just mouthing and he, anything. And he just started cracking up, looking at me. <laughs> He's like, I feel you, brother. Like, um, but yeah, dude, Hollow Bodies has is a is a really good record. And it's got again a lot of uh it's got the the standard metalcore stuff, but it's also just got those horror leaning elements to it. Standing on the Ashes is uh is such a good song. Yeah, I definitely have to give that one another listen to this Halloween. Yeah, check it out, man. Hollow Bodies, good, good shit. Mm-hmm. So back to you, man. What you got for number three? Number three is a band that just scared the shit out of me as like a 12, 13 year old, <laughs> and that is Cradle Filth Midian. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Danny Filth, man. Dude, when he was um Man, aside from like Cannibal Corpse and Dying Fetus, who my brother always liked, that was like the first time I'd heard anything close to black metal. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, again, I was, I was like 12, 13, grew up in a Christian household. Man, we heard her Ghost in the Fog on a music channel. And I'm just <laughs> like, dude, is something like going to rip up through my floor? Like, what is going <laughs> on here? And then, um, man, you good? Yeah, I'm all good. <laughs> you need the Heimlich. <laughs> yeah, right. Nope, all good. Um, I was trying to scream. 
And then like, um, man, probably like a week or two later, my brother pulls up in his old ass seventies muscle car with just cradle filth <laughs> Midian album, just blasting. I'm like, Oh my God, we're all going to hell. <laughs> That's and, awesome. I mean, let's start at the album cover. It's got like a weird centipede guy on the right, a uh, witch lady on the left. There's a big demon looking down at you from the sky some old creepy castle like oh my god just terrifying to look at when you're a kid yep and then you know you get into the actual music i mean you said it danny filth just sounding like an absolute demon out of hell sounds like a banshee dude (laughs) (laughs) and then you throw in like the shit they're doing with like pipe organs and like the choirs and the orchestral elements to it it's just like this larger than life sound and man it just gives off such a halloween vibe to it yeah, I mean, I'm sure you probably say that about a lot of their other ones, but this is really the one that introduced me not only to Cradle Filth, but really that more extreme sound in metal. And throughout the record, uh, <clears throat> the dude that voices Pinhead <laughs> is on it. No shit. That's yeah, awesome. so, you, so you know the song Her Ghost in the Fog? Mm-hmm. That opening narration that's like, uh, the cold wind, her, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's Pinhead doing that. Oh, is that Doug Bradley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, no is. shit. That's awesome, and he, dude. He does some other stuff throughout the album. That's so cool. Um, Yeah, my my expo- like introduction to who Cradle of Filth was, I heard their name, uh, but I didn't really listen to them. And so they showed, or Danny Filth featured on a Motionless and White song on their Reincarnate, Reincarnate album. Oh, I remember uh, that. The conclusion of the Puppets trilogy, Puppets 3, the grand finale, Danny Filth is on there. Okay. And he's so perfect for that um, because it's very, like, gothic and, again, just very cinematic and him just screaming like a banshee, these lyrics of love and heartbreak and betrayal, like, is so haunting. Yeah, and... I need to re-listen to that song because yeah. I I remember I remember him doing something with those guys and then I man I just reincarnate is that the one with like the um is that the one with Chris Motionless in front of the mirror or is that the one where it's like a red room? Uh, the one with Chris in front of the mirror is infamous. The one yes. reincarnate is the woman in the black dress and the hairless cat on the couch in the red room. Yep, that's yep. Yep. Uh, you can tell I like Motionless and White a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I knew if I just threw out like a vague yep. thing, you would, you would get it. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Favorite band of all time. Um, yeah, man, that's a good pick. Cradle of Filth, man. What a band. Yeah, so... I mean, you could really go with any black metal band yeah. for Halloween. It's all just Satanism and occultism and just <laughs> anything to be edgy. Well, I'm not going uh, necessarily black metal. They have some black metal leaning elements in it but i'm not saying i'm going full black metal with my next pick i would be remiss if i didn't bring up this band because you and i i think this is the band you and i have talked about the most my third pick Mm -hmm. i'm going with slow death from carnifex man cool there you go this is such a heavy record man (laughs) like from this first song it is just go 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 and I love Carnifex. I honestly think this is their best album. Um, I I've, yet, I've yet to hear the new one yet. Um, but World War X was really good. Um, Graveside Confessions, I was a little bit let down with because it kind of felt like they just took a bunch of old songs and put it on a record. 
Oh, see, um, I was the opposite. I was kind of let down by World War X, but I thought Graveyard or Graveside Confessions killed it. Yeah, no, there's definitely a lot of good songs on Graveside mm. Confessions. I just got a little bummed when they were throwing stuff like um, Cursed is a good song, but it had already been out for like a year and a half when they put it on there. I'm not usually the biggest fan of bands releasing a single like a year and a half before the record and then just putting it on the record. Yeah, um, but it is a good song. Uh, but then they did they put their cover of Dead Bodies Everywhere on there? Man, I think they may have. I, I remember did. coming out. And then they did a remastered version of Slit Wrist Savior on there for oh, Graveside yeah, Confessions. That. Um, but that title track, man, Graveside Confessions, mm. man, what a fucking song. That breakdown is insane. Um, they know how to bring it. Yeah, but Carnifex was a band that I remember seeing everywhere back in the day. Um, especially around when the Hell Chose Me era was going on. <laughs> I remember working that album at my radio station. <laughs> oh, dude. And uh, which that record has so many good songs on it. Obviously, the title track, Hell Chose Me, is a classic. Um, but one of my favorite Carnifex songs is Names Mean Nothing mm. from that album. Uh, but they've just gotten better and better and better and better. And I honestly, like, it's so hard to pick. I've heard the new record is great. I can't, haven't, I haven't heard it yet, but I definitely want to check it out. Something about slow death though, man, just feels like you're, <laughs> you're in like a really messed up, like almost Edgar Allan Poe leaning story. Like yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure he wrote it like slow death to mean uh, allegory for depression. Yep, and like just right out of the gate with that like minute long cinematic intro for Dark Heart Ceremony. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then the title track Slow Death is just like mm-hmm. punishing, and then you know songs like Drown Me in Blood, like it's just such a good album, man, and it's really spooky, and it's just a ton of fun. I love this album. Oh yeah, front to back, just not a bad song on no. it. No, and I've yet to see Carnifex live, and it is such a bummer. Oh, you got to man. They are like top of my list for a, a metal band I want to see is Carnifex, <laughs> dude. And Scott, Scott is just such a down to earth dude as well. Mm-hmm. When you listen to him in interviews, like he's just such a goofball and so like cool with everybody. Yeah. And then he gets on stage and he just opens the pits of hell to make these to make these sounds. Dude, it's inhuman. <laughs> one of the one of the coolest things I saw. Oh man, it was a couple years back. They had um it was like the most expensive stuff they spent on a stage set set or stage show. Mm-hmm. And they had like these weird skeleton things wrapped around the sides of the stage <laughs> and like candles and shit. Yep. And right before Dark Heart Ceremony comes on, they play that intro to it. And this creepy looking priest, he looks like the dude from Hell Chose Me, comes out just like <laughs> waving this incense thing. Yep. And then they go or and then they go right into Dark Heart Ceremony. It's like, holy shit. Dude, that breakdown in Dark Heart in Dark Heart Ceremony where he says rest in pain is like jeez. <laughs> just I remember the, first, the face. First time I heard that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost going to see them live in 2020. Mm-hmm. You can understand why I didn't get to. Ah, uh, it's a bummer. But they were touring with a band called Three Teeth, which is like almost like Nine Inch Nails industrial <laughs> really? metal type stuff. Okay. They were going to do a co-headliner, and I actually had decided not to go before the pandemic hit, and then naturally it ended up working out because the whole tour got canceled. Okay. Um. 
the only place they were going that was close by was Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta is not my favorite place in the world. I'm sorry, people. Uh, if you're from Atlanta, I'm sorry. Uh, but it was in the masquerade in Atlanta. And I start and I didn't have anybody to go with. Like I could not get anyone to go with me to this show. So I was like kind of thinking about going to Atlanta by myself because I wanted to see the show. And I started reading reviews online of people going to this venue and then people just started fucking with them, like just walking outside the venue. Yeah. I was like, uh, this is probably <laughs> my dad yeah. was offering to go with me and he's like, what's the music sound like? Cause he doesn't do music. And I played like, <laughs> I played like 10 seconds of hell chose me. And he goes, Nope. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> um, so I did not get to go, but I so badly want to see Carnifex live. Well, they're coming around, man. We're going to see them November 1st out here in Ohio. So you should I know, check your dates. I, I, I almost I was looking at going to that tour and I just can't make it work with the October schedule, but hopefully in the new year they'll headline again because I want oh, I'm to sure see they them. Will. I want to see them so badly. But slow death, man, perfect Halloween album absolutely no arguments from me man there have been times where i'm just writing and i've just looped dark heart ceremony for like an hour or two i'm like Whoa. it's such been a good, to the same song it's such a good song dude really is same with drown me in blood that music video like oh, mm-hmm. amazing yeah i love whenever carnifex does those openings to the songs where scott's vocals sound really static like there's yeah. like static over top of it and he does the Haunted Souls Alone in the Night at the beginning of yep. Drown Me in Blood to start off the song. It's great. Love it. So yeah, man, that's my number three. So number two from you, what do you got? Oh man, so because their discography is such a mess, I'm just going to say The Misfits. Ah, there you go. The Originator's a horror punk. <laughs> I mean, how can you not like songs like Halloween, Dig Up Her Bones, Yeah. Uh, last caress like just all these dark ass songs <laughs> and uh the, their look you know everything they do is inspired by horror movies or monster movies and even the fiend guys from a uh old school horror movie from like the 1920s yep so <clears throat> when i make my halloween playlist i always throw on a couple misfits song songs oh you got them man you got them they're right. staples set and the mood what's interesting is that so I always knew about the Misfits. And then because of lead singer syndrome, I found out about a band in the punk scene that was even earlier than the Misfits, hmm. which is TSOL. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. So their first record, Dance With Me, was from like 1981. Mm-hmm. And it was that fast, yelly punk, like horror punk stuff. First song... <laughs> yeah. First song called Cold is called code blue and it's about fucking corpses in a morgue <laughs> 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 in 1981 and it's literally like never get along with the girls at my school rather go out and fuck the dead <laughs> like i will have to send you that record dude <laughs> oh man i'd love to hear that yeah so that predates the misfits which is crazy well, um but the... about you but i had a i know a lot of people who got into them at an early age but i never really got into them until like a year or two ago me too Just... man like i kind of skipped over him as well i wasn't really into the punk like the punk punk stuff for a while um i was all about the pop punk for me it was weird i, I definitely was more into the pop punk but there were some definitely straight up punk bands i liked like uh choking victim anti-flag no fx yep. 
Uh, I guess no effects is straight punk. I don't know. Don't crucify me if they're not. Yeah, I've, I've never <laughs> been able to get into no effects, so <laughs> wouldn't know. But uh, now the Misfits, they only did one record or maybe one or two records with the guy that sings Dig Up Her Bones, right? Michael, Gra- yeah, Michael, Michael Graves. Yeah, Michael Graves. I think they just what? did uh, Fabulous Monsters and the one with Dig Up Her Bones on it. I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Okay. Yeah, no, he still, he does... If you look it up online, Michael Graves does a really good acoustic version of of Dig Up Her Bones. Really? That I have been I have been desperately trying to cover Dig Up Her Bones. So mm-hmm. I keep looking at that version to try to pull it off. Oh, and dude, it's that'd so, be badass. It's so difficult to replicate. Like it was <laughs> it was hard to even make the Pet Cemetery song work as an acoustic song. Yo, you did it. That video was awesome. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I love playing that song. I hadn't played it in a while, and I was like, fuck it, it's October. I'm going to play Pet Cemetery by the Ramones. Yeah, man, you need to throw that up on YouTube or something. Uh, I did actually do that on my Kevin Roach Music YouTube channel on there. Uh, but it was it like, out. Yeah, I'll send it your way. It's not as good as the performance recently, because it was me still trying to like figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's there, so I definitely want to do like an updated version at some point. Um, yeah. yeah, man, the Misfits, like classic band at this point <laughs> yeah and again classic band that i just totally skipped over till the past couple of years and when i when i started digging through their stuff i'm like yo this is pretty cool shit like i should listen to more of these guys yeah and i think it's important to note too like we're talking about metal bands and albums like they absolutely have some metal elements in there for sure oh i mean look how many metal bands were inspired by them i mean uh-huh they a lot of people were introduced to them through the metallica covers of uh last caress and yep. um is it green hell sounds about right yeah <laughs> <laughs> my mind's not with it tonight nope uh dude i am convinced that uh the chorus of dig up her bones is one of the best choruses ever written it is so fucking catchy yeah like, i'm not gonna disagree with that That's a like as soon song. as you said dig up her bones i'm like point me to the sky above like it's such a good song oh yeah i just had that on the other night i'm just like man <laughs> yeah dude. why don't i listen to this more yeah right so uh but yeah they they play with so many genres and i mean shit their singer went on to do the band danzig which definitely is metal so yeah that's true too you know they got they got the metal elements in there mixed with the punk and i love it it's kind of like yeah. how it's kind of like how some 41 does it where they're like pop punk mixed with metal isn't that weird yeah it is <laughs> like, very weird like i've been i've been real into pop punk the past couple months and i've seen some of the some 41 live performances mm-hmm. and they'll throw in just like crazy breakdowns and more <laughs> solos and it's just like whoa my favorite thing in recent album. memory with us texting my favorite thing a recent memory with us texting is that we're sending all these metal songs back and then you sent me check yes juliet <laughs> we the kings <laughs> i was like this is not what i expected all right so i'm full of surprises it's a good song I just remember, though. oh yeah i just remember dragging my brother to see that at warp tour <laughs> the one year and keep in mind i'm I'm not like young at this point i'm like in 25 26 i'm like dude we gotta go see we the kings <laughs> Hey man, good music is good music. Like I said, I was uh I was huge in all time low for a while. So yeah, and that was part of that era too. Hey Monday, um mm. every avenue, like all that shit. <laughs> like that second wave of pop punk. Yep, the poppy pop punk. <laughs> pop pop punk, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Double pop punk. There we go. Um, good pick, man. 
just the misfits as an entirety i love it <laughs> uh my number two is a band that also knows how to write really good hooks and it is my favorite record from them got to see them live five years ago they put on one of the best shows i've ever seen in my entire life fucking ghost man mm. <laughs> like they are such a good band and i gotta go with my favorite record of theirs because I know it's unpopular opinion. I know everybody kind of shit on this one for a while because it was ballad heavy, but this is the record I found first and I love it to this day. Pray Kel by Ghost. Mm. Oh yeah, that's my favorite too. Fucking Rats, that intro with Ashes, uh, Dance Faith, Macabre. Faith, Dance Macabre, Pro Memoria, Witch Image, which is my favorite oh, Ghost song. Yeah. Dude, that's a good one to have. Yep, Life Eternal, which is haunting and beautiful. You know, it's it's simple, man. It's 10 songs of just straight, like, amazing songs. <laughs> and uh, it's just such a good album. I listen to it every Halloween. Yeah, it definitely has that vibe to it. And I've never been the biggest Ghost fan. But when I heard a couple singles off it, I'm like, wow, this is really good. And it sounds... I compared it almost to like it sounds like 80s pop songs, but like yep. with a with like a rock or metal edge to it. I like they're it. written like don't get me wrong, they don't sound like 80s pop songs, but it's almost like they're written in that fashion. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, just set to metal. And I think that's why that one probably blew up. Like a buddy of mine who's a much bigger ghost fan than I am, <laughs> he was like, dude, my wife <laughs> loves the Frankel <laughs> album. And I'm yeah, just like, dude. well, like I can see why like it was it definitely had that mass appeal to it mm -hmm. and there's just something creepy about the singer's vocals like the way he yeah. sings it's just it's like oh there's something off about this guy I don't like it yeah I know right and um you know I know with Ghost a lot of people like the older fans usually tend to like their older stuff when they were still like a little more straight metal leaning and like a lot darker um and I do love early Ghost as well but I don't know, man. They just, they hit their stride with Prekel. They kind of tapped into it with Meliora, but then they hit Prekel and it was just like off to the races from there. And then last year's record with um, Impera mm -hmm. was again, just such a good album. Well, and let's, fun not for let's not forget about that single they put out with uh, Kiss the Goat and Mariana Cross right after. Oh yeah, that's seven inch, seven inches of satanic panic. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I saw that at my record store and I was like, I should get that. And then I didn't get it and it was gone like the next week. And I'm I like, know. My Mariana Cross is such a like when you really read the lyrics, the lyrics are kind of filthy. <laughs> but uh it's such a catchy song. And it's crazy. It blew up on TikTok like either earlier this year or late last year. I'm like, yeah, yeah they did a to this for years. They did a TikTok version of it where they slowed yeah, the it down. Slowed and they slowed it down. It was so weird. I liked um, it. Yeah, no, I liked it. Was, it. I like when was, they do that stuff. Yeah, no, it was very cool uh, and different. But yeah, man, mm -hmm. I've actually covered Mariana Cross on the on, on my acoustic. Is that on YouTube also? It's actually not. I'll have to find a video where I played it and <laughs> send it to you. <laughs> yeah, dude, do that. I'd love to hear it. I've covered a few ghost songs. I covered Rats before. Mm. Rats is really fucking hard um, to play. Uh I've covered Dance Macabre, I've covered Square Hammer, and Mariana Cross, I think, are the four songs I've done. I like all those ones. <laughs> uh, when I saw Ghost, they they were on the Prey Kel cycle, and they had my favorite frontman incarnation, man. I love Papa, but Cardinal Copia was my shit. 
he was the one that wore like the red suit, right? He was. He started with just an all black suit, and then he uh, started wearing the red suit. Yeah. Yeah, he was a stylish motherfucker. I like that guy. He was basically like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> with a like weird would, mask yeah he would wear the weird mask he'd hump the air and be like very flamboyant on stage i loved it that's really cool i would have liked to have seen them during that cycle he, he said he would go on stage and say shit like you want to have your asses tickled and your taints wobbled or something like just shit like that he goes you like to have your taints tickled and we would all cheer and he goes you want you want me to tickle it for you <laughs> There was one part, he did this every show, but like I did not watch a lot of live videos of them because I wanted to know, like, just go in blind. Mm -hmm. And he was introducing all the band members and he went over to the drummer and he goes, so if you look straight forward, like right at the drums, right about now you would be able to see a hole. But he bent over with his ass out right where you're supposed to look. <laughs> and he goes, you see the hole? <laughs> and then we all laugh and he goes, I'm talking about that hole. Were you looking at my butthole? Quite the black hole. <laughs> and he goes, what's wrong with you people? I was referring to the hole in the bass drum that's been kicking your ass all night. <laughs> so uh, I'm so glad I got to see them on that. Yeah. On that era, I would love to see Ghost again. Funny enough, you mentioned Amon Amarth earlier. Mm -hmm. Ghost is on tour right now, and they just rolled through Charleston in like early September, late August. Okay. With Amon Amarth as the opener. Huh. I know people that went. <laughs> uh huh. It fucking got rained out, man. Oh, no. Amon, Amon Amarth played three songs, and they had to shut the show down. Because it was because oh. it was outside in an amphitheater, dude. That sucks. So all the people, like, I was bummed that I couldn't go, and then like the show didn't even happen. Like Ghost didn't get to play at all, and they waited. They tried to wait out the rain, and they called the show at eleven thirty at night. Like people waited for hours, and then they're like, "Yeah, we can't do it." <laughs> that is so brutal. It was. It was. I feel so bad for all those people that went, man. I think the worst part might be they got to see three Amonimar songs are getting all hyped up and then it's just like, no, and then, fuck you. Yeah, Blue Ball, no ghost. <laughs> so that sucks, man. But yeah, uh, you can I'd rather just I'd rather just not have anyone play and just cancel before anything. Exactly. I'm I'm sure they did refunds. Um, Still. Yeah, man. Break Hell from Ghost, man. It's uh, one of my favorite records at this point. So uh, what's your final pick, brother? So what I wanted to do for this last one, I know I ran into this issue when I had a metal radio show and I had to do a <laughs> Halloween episode. Yep. Is that uh, a lot of this shit deals with Halloween topics year round. Yep. Um, so what I wanted to do with my last pick, I wanted to give you some songs off of my Halloween playlist and get your take on them. So I'll give you, I'll read you off a couple here. Okay. So uh, I got Blue Oyster Cult, Don't Fear the Reaper. Of course. ACDC Hell's Bells. Yep. <laughs> We got uh, Warren Zavon, Werewolves of London. <laughs> yep. King Diamond, Dressed in White. Yes. Dragula by Rob Zombie. Of course. Was just listening to that the other day. Motorhead, Hellraiser. Yep. And uh, I'll give you one more. Dream Warriors by Doc. And I know we both <laughs> love Nightmare on Elm Street. Great music video, too. <laughs> 
Uh, those are I I have no other thoughts except those are all great songs, dude. Great for <laughs> Halloween too, right? Yeah, they should put that all on like a like a. Uh, remember those CD samplers they used to do, where you get yes. like just a bunch of bands on them. <laughs> You'd always see the commercial late at night. Hey you, yep. <laughs> me. Put all that on there, man. That's perfect. So if yeah, somebody got... has a gun to your head and they say, "Pick five Halloween songs," I just gave you a few. Yeah, there we go. Uh, all great stuff, man. I got nothing for that. Those are all classics. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're on my playlist. Well, I am also for my number one. I can't not actually have a pick from this band in my list. I've mentioned it already. They're my favorite fucking band of all time. My number one is their most recent album because it is just a nonstop ride from start to finish. I'm going with scoring the end of the world from motionless and white. That's a good pick, man. Fucking it's such a good album, dude. 13 songs of just straight melt your face off and heavy (laughs) ass breakdowns from start to finish. (laughs) Dude, ever but, since it came out, Slaughterhouse has been on my workout playlist. I was going to say, man, Slaughterhouse is one of the best songs that they have ever released. It is so insane and so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it. It's like the one breakdown hits. Then you think the song's going to be over. And then they just smack you in the face with <laughs> another breakdown. Yeah, like, they, get to that, yeah. they get to that last one. Mm-hmm. yeah dude when he screams one mutilation under god <laughs> yes like it's so demented and so awesome i love it but like again they just play with so many different styles that first song meltdown is just, just like up the, i just pulled up the track list that's one that was fresh in my mind too meltdown. Yep. just a straight punch to the face when it starts it's literally starts with a bleh <laughs> how can you not love that (laughs) and werewolf one of the best like electronic songs they've ever done yeah did you see they put out like a total edm remix of it i haven't listened to it yet but i did see that that's Um, actually yeah that's it's really fucking good (laughs) i listen yeah that gets incorporated into my into my halloween uh playlist now is werewolf um oh yeah porcelain is such a good catchy song some of the best vocals i've ever heard from chris uh red white boom is like something manson would have released in the 90s (laughs) it even has that name to it yep literally the lyric is red white boom i can't hear you (laughs) and he's screaming it but i remember when they first released so in the same night ghost released impera i believe like the whole record and motion and motionless released Cyberhex, that first single. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched it premiere live on YouTube. Cyberhex is such a good song. Man. <laughs> Chris is the king of Blaz. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> Just hit you out of nowhere with that. <laughs> yep. But uh a really underrated song from the album is Cause of Death. Mm-hmm. Check that one out if you haven't heard it in a while. Um, yeah, man, it's just all good songs across the board. Scoring the end of the world, the title track is so catchy and so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, it's just such a good album. They just released a deluxe edition of it too, uh, with a couple new tracks on it, and uh, they released an acoustic version, like a cinematic version of Porcelain with Ricky doing the vocals. 
Oh, cool. So, yeah, man, I can't not pick Emotionless and White Record, and I have gone back to scoring the end of the world constantly since it came out a year ago. So, and I'm seeing them this weekend, and that's my October album. So, there you go. <laughs> right on, man. I thought you were going to hit me with a uh, Ice Nine Kills there at the end. No, I. It was too easy. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to like, it's, that is, it's an easy pick, but it is a perfect pick, man. The silver scream one and two and every trick in the book mm-hmm. are like solid picks for Halloween. Yeah. Um, when I was looking back at some of my older Halloween playlists, I had some songs off of uh trick in the book there. Yep. That song, uh, Communion of the Cursed, about the exorcist. Yes, that's a great is, song. Is such a good song. Uh, and slightly uncomfortable to listen to since they put a clip from a real exorcism in it. Did they really? Yeah, that's what that sound is at the beginning. Oh, man. Now I want to listen to it again. Yeah, it's creepy as shit, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that fr- I remember every trick in the book came out and I was... I had seen Ice Nine Kills about a year before they opened for Attila. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the lineup was Micah relocate. Uh-huh. Uh, ice nine kills was the second on the package. If you can believe that. Capture the crown. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Dude. I love yeah. Capture the crown. I see stars. And then Attila yeah. he- and then Attila headlined. Oh man. I- wow. That's actually a really good. <laughs> yeah. lineup. It was a great lineup. <laughs> And Ice Nine Kills was the second band on the bill. Can you believe that? And yeah, they had... I've, I've, I went through a phase where I saw them like once. It was felt like <laughs> I was seeing them like once a month. They were just always randomly on shows. Yep. And but I think had... that's part of what... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Well, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, I felt like I saw them every month on every show. And that's part of what led to them getting where they are now. Is just that nonstop, relentless touring. Yeah. And when I saw them for the first time, they had just put out uh, The Predator Becomes the Prey, mm. which was the record before every trick in the book. And then every trick in the book came out and I was like, holy shit, because I liked them before that. Mm-hmm. But that was the record for me that took them like to the next level. And then they yeah. put out and then they put out Silver Scream three years later and it was just like all over. <laughs> um, I actually Silver Scream, I actually had to have it grow on me a little bit because it was so theatrical that I wasn't ready for it because yeah. I was only used to like solid metal core. So when they started bringing in these theatrical elements to it, the record had to sit with me a little bit. I liked it, but it wasn't as mm-hmm. good as every trick in the book for me. And then I re-listened to it later and I was like, nah, I'm an idiot. This record's great. <laughs> and then they put out Silver Scream 2 and it had to sit with me a little bit again. And now they're just a solid one, two punch record. Right. See, I think we came from the same place because I'd seen them a ton in support of their Predator Becomes the Prey. And which I was is like, a, yeah, which is a great Halloween album too, by the way. It is, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, these guys are good. Like, um, the coffin is moving, great song. Like some of their yep. other stuff that they played, I'm like, that's cool. The power and belief, yep. And then when they put out Trick in the Book, it was just like they found their songwriting style. They did. And I always talk about this with my mom too, because she's an Ice Nine Kills fan now. And it's like whenever you watch them do interviews, people are now asking them what comes next. What are you working on next? What's the next album going to be like? I can't ever imagine that they can just go back to doing regular records now after what they've built with silver (laughs) scream, you know? 
yeah, they've kind of carved out that niche for themselves in in the horror scene. And Spencer said in interviews that he's found his calling in doing that. So my theory personally is that on the next record, I think they're going to close because they're they just announced a finale show of the of Welcome to Horrorwood and the Silver Scream. Um, or at least Welcome to Horrorwood. So my theory personally is that they're going to close the chapter on the Welcome to Horrorwood Silver Scream storyline. I think they're going to pick up, like probably continue with the horror songs, maybe make them like a certain type of horror songs, like a certain subgenre, mm-hmm. and then start a new storyline or something. Yeah, that could but work. I, but I can't see them just being like, ah, fuck it, we're done with horror. <laughs> right, I mean, you might as well, you, I mean, it's working. They like doing it, people like listening to it, you might as well go with it. There's definitely yeah, they have, crazier genres and metal than that. Yeah, they have a convention based around it now. That's right, yeah, you went up there. Yeah, it was it was a blast, dude. I met so, so many awesome people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, Silver Scream 1 and 2, you, just, you can't go wrong with them. They're both guaranteed to be classics at this point um but i need to uh i need to re-listen to the second one i think Mm -hmm. i've only heard it once and it was just like in and out so i need to go back and and really re-listen to it but the first one yeah i yeah shit out of that (laughs) yeah dude such good albums and i've got a couple like just three quick honorable mentions i want to throw out before we and then i'll throw it to you if you have any more you want to shout out before we wrap it up and get out of here um one of them is from the devil wears prada their record dead throne which is uh kind of where they started to get away from the bright vomit t-shirt era and they started to go (laughs) more serious and kind of get darker with their sound Mm -hmm. and the whole record is about themes of like um basically like anti-false idolatry Hmm. um and looking at you know people that you shouldn't as like heroes yeah so it's got some really good like dark themes in there and it's just got a dark sound to the record so check that one out if you haven't heard it in a while yeah that Um, might be a a good place for me to start because i never really got into those guys they um they kind of they kind of came out when i was in that elitist phase and i was like (laughs) well i'll tell you where to start then start you can start with dead throne as well but I didn't put these on here because they're not albums. They're EPs. They're mm-hmm. zombie EPs, man. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that story I posted for the Night of Living Dead episode where it was the, oh my God, they're everywhere. And then it was that scream. That's yeah. Devil Wars Prada. Okay. All right. Um, so check out their two uh, zombie EPs. Uh, I will I will cut this out of the episode, but I want to just get your reaction on this breakdown real quick. Okay. Woo! All right. <laughs> that is not what I expected from check those, Prada. Check those EPs out, man. They are so fucking good. Apparently so. I've been missing out yeah. these past 13 years. Okay. So my last two honorable mentions uh, okay. are <laughs> long tangent there are this one not really a straight spooky sounding album but it definitely has elements in it and it's also just a record i can't stop fucking listening to i honestly think it's my favorite record of this year but sleep token take me back to eden man oh yeah you've been getting me onto those guys it's got spooky elements in there um heaviness slow eerie stuff again i think it's the best record of 2023 like so take me back to Eden from Sleep Token. 
And that's the one you sent me, right? Or you told me to listen to? Uh, yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool because it just every song is different. It like makes one... no it makes no sense why all those genres would sound good together and yet they sound perfect. <laughs> right. Like there are parts that sound like coldplay, and then there are parts that just get yeah. super heavy on you. It's like, what is and this? It's like but it works. Smooth, sexy jazz in there too. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> Look at the song The Summoning for prime example, people. Um, and then the last one, Slipknot, We Are Not Your Kind. Oh. It's a great, great record. It's got uh, that song Spiders on there. That's like a weird, eerie piano theme to it. Uh, That song Nero Forte is so dark and so punishing. Uh, Nero, Nero Forte. Sorry, not Nero. Nero Forte is the fast one. Uh, Shit, what the hell is that last song on the record called? Hold up. (laughs) I'll find it. Nero Forte and what the hell is that last I'm gonna punch myself when I find out what this song is Solway Firth ah there you go there you go so yeah man Slipknot we are not your kind those are my honorable mentions Roy you got any you want to shout out before we get out of here man nothing too much I'll just piggyback off of you around Halloween you can't go wrong with Slipknot nope just guys dressed up in creepy masks just playing (laughs) heavy fucking music any record um, of theirs will do as well. I would Dude, say, um, what's up? Can we just say that we are 24 years removed from 1999 and that fucking self-titled record from Slipknot is still like a banger? Oh my God, dude. Every song on there. Yeah. Like, Again, spit it out, uh, surfacing, wait and bleed. Um, Slipknot was a band that, again, that was very influential to me. I finally got to see them live in, oh shit, 2021. Nice. And it was like a surreal experience. And the lineup was uh, Code Orange. Oh yeah, they do wrestling entrances. They do do wrestling entrances. <laughs> um, they're a very good band. They're just really bizarre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they they also work for Halloween. Um, so check them out as well. Uh, who else was on there? Fever three thirty three was on there. Hmm. Uh, and Kill Switch Engage was direct support. In twenty twenty one. Wow. In twenty twenty one for Not Fest. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> And then they rolled through Charleston last year and it was Wage War, mm. which I love. Love that band. Yeah. In This Moment, which, eh. Yeah. <laughs> no disrespect, yeah. but they're not really my thing. Um, And then Slipknot was headlining. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, In This Moment is, uh, again, perfect for spooky stuff, but just not really my thing. <laughs> Well, didn't they start out almost sounding like a Nightwish band, like real operatic metal, and then yeah, kind of like more kind, of that? Kind of, yeah. They, they, for some reason, they were on the All Stars tour when I went as well, and they were so out of place that people were like flicking them <laughs> off and yelling. Well, yeah, it's shit. like a metalcore tour. Yeah, and they were being shitheads to them, and I felt so bad for them. But Maria, Maria let this one dude fucking have it. She's like, you have been standing there flicking us off the whole time. Like, just don't fucking watch us if you have a problem. Oh, oh, but man. they are not a, they are not a bad band at all. They're just not really my thing. But didn't they have a song? I think it's called What Have You Done? 
something like that. Yeah, I know, I know that their big song is Whore. Okay, I this was way back when I still at the radio station. We're talking like 12, 13 years ago. But okay. I remember I remember that song was pretty cool. But after that, I remember seeing them getting bigger. But I just, yeah, like like you, they just weren't really my thing. Well, they finally kind of found their their niche i think back when i saw them they were still kind of like trying to figure out what they Mm. were what they were wanting to be um and then now they've they've found their sound and they're they're killing it so props to them for sure now they can laugh at that shithead at the all-star store (laughs) exactly right um well hey man that's our that's our metal talk for uh for october so we got some varying picks in there so uh go check out some good music for October. That's the best way to get into the spooky vibes for me is to go throw on some good music. So Yeah, and we really ran the uh gambit there too, everything from the eighties up until this year. Yeah, man. We uh we have to go through like the different decades of metal at some point. <laughs> Dude, I would love that. <laughs> we'll uh we'll we'll go into the two thousands and talk about some of the music videos that were coming out back then. <laughs> Like the video for Redneck from Lamb of God. <laughs> or, um, oh no, what was it? It was uh, Waking the Cadavers video. Did you ever see that one where they killed I think the cheerleader? So. Yep, I think so. They're like pulling her guts out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, music videos were like, that's a lost art these days, man. Music videos aren't what they used to be. I know. Now you just need like a band in an abandoned factory. And it's like, there's a music video. It's like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I actually shameless plug here. Uh, I actually wrote a horror song. Yeah. On my on my acoustic guitar, uh, that I did. I have recorded and released as of about three years ago. Just called the horror song. I wrote it uh after going to my first horror convention, and also when I like fell in love with go, when I fell in love with going to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. And just seeing people uh, like just being themselves mm-hmm. and like just, you know, being a community and between, you know, so so seeing that at horror cons and at Rocky Horror Picture Show, I wrote a song called the horror song that's like kind of anthemic when it comes to that about like just being yourself and like, yeah, be the weirdo, be be the the freak, so to speak. You'll be that in other people's eyes, but you're doing your thing. So <laughs> just do what makes you happy. It's worked um, for us. So I wrote a song and the chorus is something to the effect of we are the freaks and the weirdos. We own the night creeps in a freak show. We unite. That's that definitely has some motionless and white to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I can see to... that. One. I could definitely see that in one of their songs. Yeah, I'll have to send it to you. My vocal delivery isn't the best on it because uh that was me still kind of learning how to sing after taking vocal lessons. And I didn't know how Mm -hmm. to relax really, but, uh, still, still proud of the song. Yeah. Send it over, man. I'd like to hear it. Yeah. I'll have to, I I did an acoustic EP and I also released two like full band, um, songs that I recorded with my buddy Noah. So, uh, and I definitely, what's up. Didn't you send me those songs with the full band? Uh, possibly. Sounds like pop punk, but there's some breakdowns in there. No, that was uh that was from 2013. These were Dude, recorded. Those were, those were badass. You should put those <laughs> on. Man, I would listen to that. <laughs> oh geez. Those you songs, need to bring it back. Those songs actually do hold up pretty well, but my vocals suck so hard. 
Dude, it makes like, it even better. Nobody knew on, how to sing those whiny vocals back then. Nope, nails on a chalkboard to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, these these were like singer songwriter stuff, and my lyrics are usually really inspired by horror as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a song uh, after a breakup called "Devil's Daughter," which was uh about a girl who uh, I called it "Devil's Daughter" because. In my perspective, she kind of viewed herself as holier than thou. And I'm like, mm, nah, fuck mm. that. I'm gonna call you the devil's daughter. <laughs> so um so yeah, I wrote I wrote that song uh about that. And the lyr- the lyrics are very tongue in cheek though. So yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh hey, whatever this- works. I, I I write I write books about my horrible experiences. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue from the segue uh to first off thank you roy for coming back on the show it is always a pleasure my friend and this was a lot of fun getting to shoot the shit and talk about music we will definitely have to do this again sometime soon um but plug your stuff man plug your socials where can people find your your stories i know that uh new year's eve or new year's killing eve is literally killing it out there i know people are loving it and you just you were on the reviewed to death show with our friends to talk about that um so what's going on with you plug your socials you know tell people where they can find your stories and what you're up to yeah absolutely uh you can find me on instagram author underscore honeybrook there you can find links to all my books youtube page um if you go to amazon just type in my name r jacob honeybrook all my stuff will come up man as far as what i've been up to i know we were talking a little bit earlier but like after i released new year's killing eve in july i've just been going on like podcast after podcast <laughs> after podcast um Doing a press the, junket man i pretty dude that's what it feels like it feels like i'm going out here on a media tour it's yeah it's crazy really and what's really surreal is i'm getting hit up by people to be on their podcast i'm not the one pitching myself out love it that, as much anymore right like i did <laughs> you guys i was like hey you want me on your show sure <laughs> so you're finally to the point where you don't have to put out anymore <laughs> well i wouldn't say that <laughs> <laughs> you're like well i still do that but i don't have to <laughs> right but um most recently i was on reviewed to death with your boys you you guys set me up with them and i thank you for that we had a just a hilarious time talking about a, a movie from 1982 called alone in the dark so if you Which, guys when any... I saw the title, I thought you guys had for some ungodly reason picked Alone in the Dark, the video game movie. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Well, that's what uh that's that's what one of the guys brought up there. Like there's so much shit out there called Alone in the Dark. <laughs> we should specify we're talking about the 1982 movie. So Yeah, I literally thought you had picked the movie that is listed as one of the worst movies ever made. That well, this one's probably not far behind. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah man that's that's what i've been up to what about you guys you've been fucking killing it on the output like i try to keep up with your guys show <laughs> death but it's like every every time i go on instagram you're like hey we have a bonus episode hey a regular episode hey another bonus and it's like a random tuesday you're putting shit out i'm loving it yeah dude we um i don't know man we just like putting out content i love working on new episodes and I just realized that there's a lot of other stuff that we can put on the feed just besides movie picks. Mm -hmm. Um, Hence the discussion episodes. But like when we were at, when we were going into SC horror, Jason and I were like, yeah, we got to record an episode from a con. So we did that. 
and we're going to, you know, post the live episode. And then after I went to meet Barry Boswick at the Rocky Horror Picture Show with Charleston's Absent Friends, I was like, I still have the videos from meeting them on GalaxyCon. Let me just put that into uh, into a into a little 30 minute episode and just put that out. Um, I don't know, man. It's just it's like writing. It's like it's just an addiction to uh, to put out content and just celebrate horror you know we love it and i love doing this so whatever we can put out um and part part of the output is me wanting to stay on topic or on track with like having an episode for every week that we've been a show so that we hit all those milestones like for real like when we hit episode 100 i want there to have been 100 episodes in line with the date that we started Mm -hmm. um and stuff like that but yeah, we just we like to have fun and, you know, switch it up. And we love going on other shows as well. Um, shout out to Jason. He was just on I Was a Teenage Film Snob to talk about some Tarantino films. Oh, well, that's um, awesome. So, uh, <laughs> I'll have to be on the lookout for that. Yeah, check it out, man. It just dropped over the weekend and I'm I'm listening to it right now. It's a great episode. Shout out to James. We love you, buddy. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just we just love doing this and we love having this whole little community I think Marcus or Luke said it on the episode with you where they were like, and the, <laughs> and the family grows or something like that. Or it's just I think like, they said the universe is growing. Or <laughs> <laughs> literally it's just like, like we said with Zach and Jason and everybody, it's like literally just a big like family at this point. Um, yeah. That's what we, it feels like now. You know, we just like to throw out stuff and, you know, see if, if people like it and we just, you know, we get to interact with other shows and other talented people like yourself and, um yeah we're just we like we like i like keeping busy personally (laughs) so whatever episode we can throw out there on the feed even if it's not a sunday episode you know we'll we'll do it so which is good because we're about to have a lot of episodes coming out in october (laughs) uh off air i told you the rundown of what we're doing the rest of the week and it was just like woof. yeah you guys are going to be some busy dudes yeah, and then uh, you know, on top of that, I again I'm I'm performing in the Rocky Horror cast with alongside my friends at the end of the month. Um I'm actually gonna play a song before one of their shows and we've got our live podcast event. And uh yeah, this is the this is the best time of the year, man. Wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, you guys are killing it and just in time for Halloween, so just full steam ahead, keep up the awesome work, and I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, man, and I fucking look forward to the day when you and I get to do a metal show together <laughs> and uh, just uh, shoot the shit over some drinks for a while, man. Hell yeah. You got to come in the pit, though, man. Uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say yes, and then I'll get knocked out in the first minute. <laughs> but uh, I'll drag you out. You'll be okay. Well, we got to do BYOB uh, Horror Fest, man. We got to start our own That's con. Right. BYOB Horror Fest out of your garage. You'll bring yep. 8x10s, pre- preferably flexing or shirtless pics, you know? Well, I'm going <laughs> to have the uh, Midnight Terrors t-shirt cut up, you know? <laughs> there we go, man. And I appreciate you uh, picking up one of those. We would not want to have anyone else flex in our shirts except for you. <laughs> Much appreciated. My pecs will do them justice. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, well, hey, everybody, you heard it here first. Uh, Roy is a good dude. He's one of our favorite people, one of my favorite people. I talk to him literally every single day, um, and I love reading his work. And uh, go check it out. You know, if you want to get into the October spirit, go check out any of his stories. One of my favorite writers, one of my favorite people. Go check out his work. Follow him on socials. 
and uh, go check out his other podcast appearances because he's one hell of a funny guy on every show he goes to. Um, but uh, thank you again, Roy, RJ Caponibrook, for joining me to talk about some horror metal for October. Um, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Midnight Terrors podcast. Uh, there's a lot to plug here. Uh, so I'll try to go through it as quickly as possible, but you can get in touch with us on social media, Facebook and Instagram under Midnight Terrors Podcast. You can shoot us an email at midnightterrorspodcast at gmail.com. And like Roy said, if you would like to support the show and join the Midnight Terrors family, you can go to our tea public store, which is in our link tree on Instagram, and you can pick up a t-shirt, a hoodie, or a sticker with our classic Midnight Terrors logo on it. And you can be one of us, one of us. And uh, yeah, just thank you for listening. We love you all so much and we appreciate you more than we can put into words. So thank you for listening. We will see you all again very soon. Peace.